Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Mr. Dog Podcast, where every week until Christmas, we're reading another of Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. Payne wrote three books of hollow tree stories, one for each of his three daughters. The last story in the series is called Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn, and it's that wonderful final story that has been read aloud in my family for three generations now, every Christmas Eve. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That So Enterprises. Last week, we heard Mr. Turtle's Thunder Story, which I think you'll agree is one of the weirder hollow tree stories. But I love it all the more for that, and I hope you did too. This week on the show, we have a fantastic and very funny story that involves Mr. Dog and a big fish. So here we go. This story is called A Deep Woods Fishing Party. One warm June morning, when the sun was trying to shine and couldn't, and the air was close and still and sticky, Mr. Jackrabbit looked out of the window while he was dressing and thought to himself that it would be just the very morning for fish to bite. Jackrabbit liked to fish better than anything, almost. So right after breakfast, he took an empty tomato can and went out in the backyard and turned over boards till he had the can about half full of bait with a little dirt thrown on top. Then he reached up under the eaves of the smokehouse and pulled out a long cane pole with a line and hook and floater on it, all rigged up ready, and flung it over his shoulder and started. Mr. Rabbit walked pretty fast. Even lazy folks do that when they go fishing, and Mr. Jack Rabbit wasn't lazy by a good deal. So pretty soon he came to the hollow tree, and there, looking out of an upstairs window, he saw the coon, the possum, and the old black crow. Hello up there, he said. Don't you fellows want to go fishing? Mr. Possum said he thought fish would bite well on such a morning, and that he'd like to go first rate. Mr. Coon said he knew a place where you could pull them out as fast as you could throw in your hook, and he went on and told how he caught a fish there last year that would weigh more than four pounds, and lost him just as he got him to the top of the water. Mr. Crow said he'd always noticed that Mr. Coon's four-pound fish never got any nearer to him than the top of the water, and that for his part he didn't care much about fishing. He said, though, that if the coon and the possum wanted to go, he'd stay at home and get dinner while they were gone, so as to have it ready when they all came home hungry. He told them that he had some nice canned salmon in the cupboard that he could catch most any time, and if they really wanted fish for dinner, he supposed he might as well open it. Then they all laughed, and in about a minute, down came Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum with their fishing things. Jack Rabbit said he had plenty of bait, so away they went, and Mr. Crow sat up in the window and watched them off. And Mr. Robin, who happened along just then, laughed and called after them that he'd take a few pounds of nice bass when they got home. The Robin said that just to plague them, of course, and Mr. Coon called back that they'd fool him this time, and then he went on to remark to the possum and the rabbit that he'd never in his life seen a finer day for fishing. Jack Rabbit said yes, that it was fine, and that it was a fine day for Mr. Dog to be out gallivanting over the country, too, 
that they'd better hurry up and get to the lake and out in the boat before anything happened. That made Mr. Possum take a good deal livelier step, though he commenced to whistle, and said he wasn't afraid of Mr. Dog anyway. Mr. Coon said he'd always noticed that a fellow mostly whistled when he wasn't afraid, but for his part he couldn't get to that boat any too soon. And pretty soon they did get to it, and Mr. Possum was the first one to pile in, though Mr. Dog wasn't anywhere in sight. Well, they pushed off, and Jack Rabbit took one oar and Mr. Coon the other, while the possum sat on the back seat and baited his hook so as to catch the first fish. Then, when they got out to where Mr. Coon said the good place was, they all went to fishing, and Mr. Possum did get the first bite, but he didn't get anything else when he pulled. Mr. Coon told him he pulled too quick, and Jack Rabbit told him he didn't pull quick enough, and asked him if he expected the fish to climb out on his pole. Then Mr. Rabbit had a bite himself, and pulled and didn't get anything either. Of course, that made the possum laugh, and then all at once the coon had a great big bite that took his float away down out of sight the first grab. Mr. Coon let him go for a minute, and then gave a hard pull, and commenced to call out that he had him this time, and that he'd show Mr. Crow now about only getting fish to the top of the water and having canned salmon for dinner. Then he stood up in the boat, and pulled as hard as ever he could, till all of a sudden his line broke, and down he went backwards right on top of Mr. Possum, while the rabbit swung his hook over to where the coon's hook had been, and the big fish grabbed it before you could say Jack Robinson. That was too bad for the coon and the possum, of course, and it wasn't as much fun for Jack Rabbit as you might suppose, for he couldn't get the big fish out to save his life, and he had to hold on to the boat to keep from being pulled into the lake. Then he called to the others to help him, and they both got up and took hold of the pole and hauled in hand over hand till they got to the line, and that was as far as they could get. So Mr. Rabbit gave the line a twist or two around the iron ring in the front of his boat, and the big fish started straight for shore, dragging the boat and everybody in it behind him just as hard as ever he could go. Well, then Mr. Coon and Jack Rabbit commenced to quarrel about whose fish it was, and Mr. Possum said he didn't care whose it was, he was getting a free ride. And he laid back and laughed and looked at the shore. When all of a sudden, he happened to spy there, sitting on the end of a log, fishing and waiting for them, nobody but Mr. Dog himself. That wasn't very much, of course, but it was plenty for Mr. Possum. He quit laughing and tumbled down in the bottom of the boat and laid there calling for Jack Rabbit to cut that fish line or they'd all be chops and steaks and carried home in a basket in less than five minutes. Jack Rabbit did try to cut the line, too, but he was so excited he dropped his knife overboard, and Mr. Coon couldn't find his, and Mr. Possum didn't have any. So there they were, and there was Mr. Dog. Then Mr. Rabbit tried to bite the line off with his teeth, but he couldn't do that either, for it was a big, strong line that he'd made himself, especially for big fish. And all the time they were getting closer and closer to the shore, and Mr. Dog had lifted his line out of the water so it wouldn't be in his way, and was sitting there waiting and smiling to see them come. Then Jack Rabbit knew that something had to be done, and there was no time to lose. He was just about as scared as he could be, but he knew it wouldn't do any good to let on. So he sat up straight and smiled some too, 
and looked at Mr. Dog and called out, big and friendly-like, "'Hello, Mr. Dog. Here we come. Here we come with a nice dinner, Mr. Dog.' Then Mr. Dog laughed and called back, "'That's right, Mr. Rabbit. There's sure enough nice dinner coming this time. Fish for the first course, Mr. Rabbit.' When Mr. Possum heard that, he began to groan, and Jack Rabbit and Mr. Coon began to shiver, for each thought he knew pretty well what the next courses of Mr. Dog's dinner would be. But Mr. Rabbit didn't stop smiling, or let on that he knew, and he called out to Mr. Dog quick. "'You'll have to help us if we f have fish, Mr. Dog. He's a big one, and you'll have to help us catch him.' And Mr. Dog called back, "'Don't worry, Mr. Rabbit.' I won't leave. I'll be on hand when you get here, Mr. Rabbit. Then he rolled up his trousers a little and waded out into the shallow water, thinking he would nab Mr. Fish first and drag him out on shore, and then pull the boat right in after him. Of course, that was a pretty good plan for Mr. Dog, only like some other good plans, it didn't work just as he expected it to. You see, he didn't quite know how big the fish was, nor how hard a big fish is to handle in shallow water. He made a quick grab at it when it got to him, and then right away he had his hands full of business. That fish gave a flop with its tail that laid Mr. Dog over on his back, and then another flop that set him on his feet again, and a side flop that smacked him against the water, first one way, and then the other, and made him breathe hard and choke and try to let go. But Mr. Dog couldn't let go for he'd got the fish line some way tangled in his teeth. So he began to snap and paw and swallow water, and fall down and get up again and sprawl about in the swamp grass, trying to get back to shore. And while all this was going on, Jack Rabbit and his friends had jumped out into the shallow water, and took a little round ins to shore, keeping out of Mr. Dog's way, and made tracks for the top of a hill, where they would be out of danger and see the fun at the same time. Then they all stood up there and watched the fight between Mr. Dog and the big fish, and Jack Rabbit sang out as loud as ever he could, Don't leave, Mr. Dog. Stay with him, Mr. Dog. Hold him to it, Mr. Dog. You've got him. First course, Mr. Dog. And Mr. Dog heard Jack Rabbit, and got madder and madder every minute, till all of a sudden he got a lick on the side of the head from Mr. Fish's tail that made him see stars and broke the line. And away went the big fish out into the deep water, while Mr. Dog crawled back to shore, wet and bruised from head to foot, and most dead. Then Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum and Jack Rabbit, standing on top of the hill, gave a great big laugh all together, and Mr. Rabbit called out, How did you like the first course, Mr. Dog? That made them all laugh again, and then Mr. Coon called out, Are you ready for the second course, Mr. Dog? And pretty soon, Mr. Possum, he called out, Are you ready for a nice roast now, Mr. Dog? And that, of course, made them all laugh very loud, for Mr. Possum used slang now and then, and meant by a roast that people would all make fun of Mr. Dog wherever he went, which they did for a long time. Even Mr. Robin, who was good friends with Mr. Dog, couldn't help calling out to him now and then as he went by, are you ready for the next course, Mr. Dog? And Mr. Dog would pretend not to hear, and go hurrying by very fast, as if he were out on special and important business for Mr. Man.
That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. This week we had a classic Mr. Dog tale. Poor Mr. Dog never gets a break. Well, next week on the podcast we have a really great story that I think you'll enjoy a lot. You might have wondered why it's called the Hollow Tree Inn when there doesn't seem to be anyone staying there who doesn't live there permanently. Well, next week we'll hear all about how the three friends decide to go into business at the Hollow Tree and how it all works out. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes and let your friends know, too. You can follow Mr. Dog on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love it if you dropped us a note there to say hi. Our handle is at Mr. Dog's Christmas. For more about Mr. Dog, please go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, that's MrDogsChristmas.com. This has been the Mr. Dog Podcast, a presentation of That's So Enterprises. Till next week, I'm Henry Cordes. Thank you.